episode 64 of Music Raygun, the only ad-free podcast. I'm Paul Ciampanelli. I'm Kirk Pinchon. This is the show where we pick a music-related topic, then we watch video clips about that topic, and if you go to musicraygun.com, you can check out our video playlist to watch all the clips we talk about. Kirk. Yeah. 64 episodes in. Crazy. And some of our most popular episodes in our incredibly popular podcast. It's almost too popular. Are the ones that have been about specific instruments. Yes, you say. Our saxophone episode from way back in the beginning is our most popular episode ever. Which means we'll do a sax too. Eventually we will. <laughs> yeah. Our bass episode is quite popular. That's great. Our recent piano episode got a lot of downloads right off the bat. Nice. So uh, let's talk about another instrument Sure. on this episode. Which one? Probably the one that most people would think we'd do first. The in, Glockenspiel. In ter- in, yes. yes. Pop music wouldn't be <laughs> what it is today if it weren't for the Glockenspiel. It's all about it. Bruce Springsteen's career would be in the toilet. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't be in the toilet. It just never would have gotten out of the gate. Yeah, he'd be stuck in Jersey. Yes. Some schmuck in a bar band. Uh, They Might Be Giants wouldn't have had all the hits that they had (laughs) if it weren't for the Glockenspiel. Nice reference. No, we're not doing the Glockenspiel yet. No. We're doing the guitar. Yeah. Some axe work. Yeah. It's the the main thing of rock music. That's the thing. Yeah, we didn't do it right away because it's neither of our favorite thing. No, it's not. Yeah. And uh, we, I think, I mean, I'm interested to see what you have because obviously there's going to be differences. Yeah. But for me, uh, when I, what, the thing I don't like about guitar, the best way to describe it is um, I went as a teenager to see David Lee Roth in concert. <laughs> yeah. His solo album. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, at the end of the concert, he comes out uh, over the crowd on a surfboard. Tons of fun. <laughs> but the thing that I was like, fuck this, is the like five to seven minute Steve Vai guitar solo. Yeah. And that's when I think of guitar and I go, fuck guitar. Because I hate that. <laughs> the, the wanky solos. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's got to be like, oh, man. Oh, he's just shredding. He's just shredding. No, thank you. Yeah, I can't stand that. Uh, yeah, I'm for, for, not just Steve Vai, but any. In sort general, of yeah, I kind of agree. Sometimes I say like I hate guitar shredding solos, mm-hmm. but I'm going to make you sit through some guitar solos tonight because there are some guitar players and certain styles of soloing that really send me. Okay, and I I'm not sure what the difference is, but there's. There's a type of guitar soloing where, I don't know, the player's just in that flow state, or maybe it's more of like an angular tone that I like. Mm-hmm. It is that shreddy, masturbatory, show-offy, yeah. Steve Vai, Ingve Malmsteen that sort of thing, where I'm just like, yeah. I don't care about what a virtuoso you are. Yeah. But uh, but there are some guitar soloists who I could listen to all day, and I'm going to make you sit through. That's them. fine. Because this is our guitar for. episode. There you go. But for the most part, we both agree that we like a funky, more yes. rhythm guitar than uh, a lead yeah. guitar. Or it's yeah, and yeah. something that's in the pocket of the song, like a chucking yes. sort of uh, uh, Nile Rodgers style. Yes. If we hadn't done a Nile Rodgers uh, dedicated podcast, I would have put a ton of Nile Rodgers. Yeah. 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 Um, that was definitely a precursor to this episode yes. because we watched some videos of, of him explaining his technique, uh, how he plays, how he writes on the guitar, and that was fascinating. Yes. So anyone who's listening to this now, who's interested in guitar work, definitely listen to our Nile Rodgers episode. Yes, wonderful. Um, but uh, let's let's get into the clips. Let's Why don't you in. start us off with a, a 
great guitar player. <laughs> he's okay. Even though I don't think people think of him as a guitar player, he's one of the greatest of all time. Uh, yeah, he is. I think because he's a whole package. Of course, we're talking about Prince. Prince. Yes. Yeah, I knew you were going to have Prince. Because, I mean, I was going to have Prince on yeah, him. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to do the obvious stuff. I yeah. wasn't going to do his solo stuff. Like, here's the best example. Not a fan of Purple Rain. Oh, see... Well, first of all, I agree. Yeah. I think we talked the about song, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the song. Right. Yes. Not the whole Not album. The album. Yeah, the program song, I'm just like, ah, oh, I hear it. It's all a guitar. And it's like, I don't yeah. need to hear that. So I picked one of my favorite guitar forward uh, print songs, mm-hmm. it, which is a deep cut. It's called Sticky Like Glue. Uh, yeah, I don't know this song. This is from uh, his album 2010. In 2010. Oh, okay. Um, and this song I love. Real funky, real fun. You'll get that chunky, chucky vibe. Yeah. Um, this is a... The video is is a fan-made video because there's no video for it. Yeah, someone just assembled a bunch of clips yes. of him playing guitar. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And you yeah. get to see him dance and play guitar at the same time. Yeah. But this is uh, this is very much in the pocket of that Nile Rodgers sound. And it, the song is real so like catchy and simple. You'll be like, oh, man, this is real nice. Good. I, I'm glad you didn't pick that clip of him playing, doing the solo during my while my guitar gently weeps yeah, at the rocker. I would that's never that's that the too. basic bitch choice. <laughs> Plus, it, I hate that song. It's yeah, the solo's great, but uh, everyone, you know, I, I, enough guys on Reddit have posted like, <laughs> "This is the greatest solo of all time." <laughs> it's more important. Than like, I never need to see it again. Yeah, this so would be I'm good real relieved I, you didn't. I didn't think that. I didn't think you'd know this song because this album wasn't that big. Totally, I, I suspect a lot of people don't know. This yeah. Song. Yeah, mm. they feel it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice clip of bat dance there. Bat dance, just split after split. He just did a split while playing guitar, which is crazy. Yeah, so it's real fun and yeah. funky. Mm-hmm. And whenever I hear this, it is like one of those where I was like, it feels like Prince is just like, he's making bacon. He's playing the guitar. He's doing his taxes. Because he, this is so easy for him. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I got this. Okay, what are we doing next? You know, and I just love that. Just the effortlessness of him playing this just funky jam. You know what I like about this is because it's real kind of spare. Mm-hmm. Is it like the production's obviously modern, but it reminds me of like it could be on Dirty Mind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which is my, probably my favorite Prince album. That's a great album. Yeah. But yeah, there's like not a lot of tricks and, and stuff going on in this. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's a drum machine, a guitar, and yeah. some synth. You and me are sticky like glue. Yeah, it kind of feels like maybe, and I don't mean this, I mean this as a compliment and not an insult. Like you probably wrote this and recorded it all in one afternoon. Yes. Yes. Just like, ah, what song am I going to do after lunch yeah. today? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this one, yeah, Sticky yeah. Like Glue. Okay. It's like literally like he just like, I got it. Let's yeah. just do it. I'm fine. And I only say that in the context of we know that this dude has thousands of songs in his archives that yes. he never even released. Yeah. He probably just went, like, went to work every day, just wrote songs every day. And, uh, yeah. yeah. Also, I mean, it could have been one of those where he like just did this in an afternoon, and then a couple years later, he's like, let's put the sticky like, glue on this album. Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah. You know? Dug just, it out of the crate. Yeah. yeah. It's just so easy. And uh, yeah, this is honestly, he has some rockers that I thought about putting on, mm. but this is probably one of my favorite uh, guitar songs from Prince, even though it's not technically a guitar song. 
and even did the guitar break. It's, it's just real nice and funky. Oh, so he does solo on it? A little bit, but it's not like a... It's just, it's just like Nile Rodgers funky. And he's gonna do uh, a little, I always get a little embarrassed when Prince raps. I, it's, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. I don't hate it as much as people do. Yeah. I think he can do it. My issue is way back when he was like, rapping's dumb. Yeah. And then it became vague and he was like, well, maybe I'll embrace it a little bit. And actually, I was one of the first to do it because uh, Dance Music Sack Romance was actually one of the first rap songs. (laughs) And they're like, Prince, stop it. But, yeah. So you don't have to do everything. (laughs) Not everything has to be perfect. So then here's the uh, the guitar breakdown. All right. Coming up. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do like all the clips of him playing during yeah. this song. Play while he dances, which is so hard. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with that him and the guitar. I mean, he started on piano. But, like, the guitar, if I remember hearing stories, they're like, Prince, here's a guitar, and he's like, well, I've mastered this. Yeah. It just, just came play so naturally. Yeah. And just so effortless. It's just a part of his body. Yeah. It's almost weird seeing him without it. Yeah. I, some people just have that gift. Yeah. Like, you can just put him in front of an instrument and it just and makes sense it. to them. Yeah. And uh, I hate those people. Because <laughs> yes. I'm so jealous of so them. So jealous. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure you played all the time, too, and there's all that a thousand hours, but still. Well, I think also, like, Prince could read. Yes. Right? Like, he was a musician. He, yes. He could because probably, of piano. He could read it. Yes. Yeah. As opposed to, like, Jimi Hendrix, who I think had that thing where... He just got a guitar in his hands and knew how to play it. Yeah, yeah. But he never really learned how to read. Yes. And uh, he just he was intuitive. Yeah. But also it's interesting they think of like, because he started with piano and you're like, what other guy starts as a piano and then just shreds on guitar and is a guitar hero? Yeah. I mean like, Billy Joel kind of played guitar a couple of times. <laughs> no, that's different. Not really? Yeah. So you're like, what other... It's, it's just those types of guys who, like, can play everything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like, Prince also plays bass. Yeah. And I'm sure he also plays drums. I've seen yeah. him play drums in concert. I've never seen him play bass. When he plays drum in concert, it looks like he's just fucking around. Yeah. Like, he's like, I don't care. I can do what I want. <laughs> um, but this song, I got actually introduced... Oh, he just threw the guitar up in the air. I didn't know that he did that in that scene. Oh, yeah. Um... This song was one of the first Prince songs I got my kids into. Oh. Because it was 20... I couldn't play many Prince songs for them. Yeah. Uh, and at, in 2010, <laughs> they were like five and three. So I played this one constantly. So they, they know this is like a children's song almost. You didn't put Dirty Mind on. I didn't put Let's Pretend We're Married. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pussy Control. <laughs> Why didn't I put Pussy Control? Shut <laughs> My oh, kids wow. need to learn. Uh, okay. On our last episode which was duets and co- collaborations. Mm-hmm. I played for you the one technical collaboration on that, which was Robert, yes. Robert Gordon and Link Ray. Yes. The only reason it wasn't a duet is because Link Ray played guitar mm-hmm. to accompany Robert Gordon because Link Ray was a guitar instrumentalist. He did the song Rumble. That which is tell me, yeah. Big famous early rock and roll hit. Now you'll see it on all sorts of corporate car commercials and beer commercials mm-hmm. and shit like that. Um, but it's a classic. Mm-hmm. So we're going to watch a clip of Link Ray playing Rumble. Oh, wow. Where? When? Well, that's the thing. I don't want to just play, you know, the single version of Rumble from yeah. 1958 that everyone's heard a million times. This is a live performance from a concert 
that he did in New Jersey in November of 1984. Oh, wow. So he would have been mid to late 50s mm-hmm. at this point. And he, so he does rumble, but it's way like dirtier and grungier and harder than the version you're used to hear. Oh, okay. It's just like a gnarlier version of Rumble. Is it still recognizable as Rumble? Oh, for sure. Okay. Yeah, but it's just it's just live. It's mm-hmm. more raw. Mm-hmm. You feel like you just kind of updated it for the times a little bit. Oh. how it's just kind of like already just nastier oh there it is yeah. it took me a second I was like do I not know Rumble yeah. and then I'm like oh no 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 I know Rumble just that power chord yes yeah, yeah. yes it was, this was big in Pulp Fiction yeah he's yep yeah I get now I understand what you mean by power chord yeah 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 this is way grungier yeah yeah Way dirty. I mean, you can find clips of him playing up through the 90s. Almost until, like, he was 70. Wow. still doing it. That's impressive. Yeah. He's still got that... Well, this is only 84, but, like, just that leather, all leather, dark hair glasses. Oh, yeah. Long hair. Yeah. Like, he just knows he's still the coolest. Yeah. Like, he knows he's like, yeah, I invented this. Yeah. This is... This is my shit. Everyone else got their shit from my shit. Right. All hard rock comes from this (laughs) song. Yeah. And just to prove it, I'm going to play it hard rock now. And when did Rumble first come out again? 1958. Holy shit. Yeah. And this is 84? Yeah. How old was he when he did Rumble? Like 16? Uh... No, he would have been... I think he was born in the late 20s, so he would have been almost 30. In the 50s? Yeah. Wait, so that means he's like in his 50s, though? You said he was in, in his this like clip, mid- In this clip, yeah, he's probably like 55. Wow, good for I him. I think if I remember right, he was born in 1929. Wow, he's yeah. still fucking cool. Yeah, dude. It is so funny how I'm like, oh yeah, you hear this everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Well, you hear it like there's a beer commercial on yeah. right now. I think it's like a. I don't even want to say the brand. Yeah, but it's some. Um, yeah, like do you like hey dudes, do you like beer? And it's over Rumble, and I'm just like, yeah. stop, stop it. <laughs> you're ruining. Yeah, you're ruining. Because this is this is it should be punk. It's not yeah. a beer commercial song. Hey guys, hey guys, beer like that—that that thing. Yeah. Of like, you know, when you're driving in your truck and you just want to get a six pack of beer. You know your truck, and I'm like, do you now? Would you consider him a? Oh, this is for lack of a better word, virtuoso, or he just invented? Just he just knew how to make this sound. Yeah, I would. I think more of like a like a Dick Dale. Okay, as as more virtual like. Virtuostic? Yeah. Uh, he came up with... He, he was an originator of a sound. Yes. As he opposed is, to he, he can play He is credited it. with inventing the power chord. Okay. With this song. Wow. Okay. Wow. So, like, 
Yes, I think he's more influential on rock and roll. Yes, which in its purest form is delightfully not a virtuoso. Yes, video. yes, it just fucking rules. Yeah, uh, which this song does. Yeah, Link Ray rules. Because yeah, like th- this is the difference between like metal groups who are like, watch me do this, guys. I'm actually classically trained. Yeah, as opposed to this guys like, look at me just fucking. Yes, it's the difference it. between guitar solos I like and guitar yeah. solos I don't. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, this fucking is just one long instrumental. He only did instrumentals. Yeah. And, like, okay, he's kind of shredding now, but but it's not, you know. What's well, also the end of the show? It's the coda. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As opposed to five minutes of this. Of just, like, wanking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And everyone's just kind of going, yay. Yeah. It's like. This is one of those songs where when you listen to it, you just snarl the whole time, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's all just sweaty. It's very sweaty, but in the good way. Yeah, yeah. Not in the try-hard way. Exactly. Because there's nothing try-hardy about Link Ray. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Uh, okay, but now that we... <laughs> now that we've gotten... Oh, man, I need to get smoothed out right now, man. You were going to go 180 smooth. Because that was great, but like you said, it was sweaty. I just need something to smooth out. You need out. to cool it out, man. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to cool it out with a little George Benson. Oh, thank God. And George Benson is exactly what I need right now. Earl Clue. Now, Earl Clue, I don't know. Okay, Earl Clue is another jazz, smooth jazz guitarist who came out uh, later after George Benson. And basically, he's like George Benson's little brother. Okay. Like, they have this really great relationship. Like, you can see it in this video, too, where, like, Earl Clue... Earl Clue is very much influenced by uh, George Benson, and I have a fair amount of Earl Clue on his own. Earl Clue is actually way smoother, like, way softer. Yeah. Uh, and some songs I'm like, oh, boy, oof, I can't. <laughs> like, there's some... some I, didn't, wait, I didn't know such a thing existed. Yeah, I'm just like, okay, I'm going to skip that one. Music that's too smooth It's almost Kirk. too smooth. Um, that sounds... That sounds... <laughs> Dangerous. Yes, that is very dangerous. <laughs> so, uh, but I think this is from 1986 or seven. They did a whole album just called Dreamin', and uh, no, they had, the song was called Collaborate. I'm sorry, the album was called Collaboration. Okay, and this is them doing their hit from it, Smooth Jazz hit, uh, Dreamin'. The song is Dreamin'. The song is Dreamin', right. and this is live, and this is you're gonna feel good. Okay. You're, you're gonna melt. I, I like George Benson. Yeah, George Benson's great. I only know the big hits, but yeah. And it's yeah, just, dude. just when it gets into it. I'm already angry at you <laughs> for not putting this in the smooth jazz episode. I should have put this in, because I wanted something else, and I yeah. want, I should put this in collaboration, or duets too. But yeah, it would have fit. It Here fit. you go. Yeah. It's so. Well, one of them's playing an electrified acoustic too. Yes, and that was kind of, um, that was Earl, that's Earl Clue's thing. Yeah. That's his big thing. He plays acoustic. He plays the acoustic. But uh, George is playing a hollow body. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and I think that's like what he played a lot of. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like I just feel like I came down after the, uh, after Rumble, like yeah, back at zero, man. That's why I sequenced it this way. Man. Well sequenced. Yeah, yeah, Earl Clue looks like a baby. He looks like yeah. he looks like uh, Lavar Burton in the early years of reading. Yeah, Lavar. and this was like <laughs> and this was like eighty six, eighty seven. He'd been around since. 81, 82 maybe oh, okay. maybe 83 uh, but George had already been around since the early 70s so you can hear the influence yeah. and this is my I listen to collaboration a lot <laughs> uh, 
and uh, this is my this when this you need to get hyphy for something. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that means, but I like it. When you're gonna, when you're gonna fight someone, you just need to get pumped. You need to jack it up, man. Knowing you, you probably do jog to it, right? I don't jog to this. Okay, no, it's too mellow. I do not. It's still too mellow. Uh, it's car drive music, work music, maybe a little uh, uh, reading, a little nap time music. This yeah. is, I like this. Situationally, I'm not sure I would listen to it unless it was headphones on, eyes closed, laying, <laughs> laying down. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah. This is lying down music. Um, not yeah. like not fall asleep music, but just no. like. Saturday afternoon, just gonna lounge. Yes. Listen to some tunes. Head back like this. Just you know, hands behind my head, nodding along with my eyes. I mean, that you just described one of my ideal Saturdays, yeah. which is like <laughs> I've had to do a bunch of stuff with the kids. Yeah. We've had a bunch of errands. Mm-hmm. Worked out. Had lunch. It's like two o'clock. I just put it on the turntable. Yeah. I have my book, but I'm not gonna read my book yet. Because I need to listen to Dreamin'. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, is this the album opener? <laughs> no, it's oh, not. Okay, no. Okay. It's not. Actually, what will happen is I'll read a bit, and then if Dreamin', Dreamin' is like maybe the third or fourth song. Okay. They put it down. I'm like, <laughs> I just gotta listen to it. I just, I just gotta listen to it. And again, this is one of those, it's so smooth, it's like, they're not even, like you can see in this video, they're just like, they're going over their grocery list <laughs> while they do this. Like, do they get yeah. eggs? I gotta get yeah. some milk. And I also like it. Uh, I wish Isabella's here because there's a lot of uh, blousiness going on with their attire. Well, it is the mid '80s. It is the mid '80s, yeah. and and Urkel has awesome gray pleated pants, which yeah. I'm like, yes. just a lot of fabric, a just lot a lot of, of unnecessary fabric. Yes. There's a great moment coming up where George, because you know he's the leader, yeah, he'll like he'll turn to the band and just kind of smile and go, "We're gonna do this one more time." Oh, it's, it's really cool. It's like he's like, "We're gonna go over the refrain one more time." And now, yet, what? Oh, I was gonna say this song, even though it's live, this is how basically long it is as a, as a studio cut. Oh yeah, I mean it's I I don't mind long songs in jazz yeah. and like instrumental music. Yeah, it's pop and rock music where it's like if you're over five minutes, yeah, we have a problem. Yeah, you're like, wait, have you done the bridge already? Okay, let's. Yeah, but let's, this this is uh, this is fine at long lengths. Yeah. Jazz should be jamming. It so should. That, that it I'm should. fine with. It should be long. Yeah. I also like looking at both of their fingers. Because he's on the guitar just kind of like... I guess he was like, he's picking it. Yeah. Or not picking it, he didn't have a pick, but he's... It's all just fingers. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, how A, do your fingers not hurt, and how are they not sweating? That you now the, I mean the, the answer to the first question is you develop calluses yeah, when you play. Yeah, that's true. Okay. The answer to how do you how do you not get sweaty fingers? I don't know. <laughs> yes, genetics. I, I, just I feel guess. like that would be a yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's a, a career debilitating thing. Like you just have to have dry fingers if you want to be. A, <laughs> if you want to be a really good have, guitar player, could have been someone if I yeah. didn't have uh, sweaty fingers. Because definitely, like hand size and finger yes. length makes a big difference. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah. having just you know fiddled around with the bass I'm always like God, I had bigger hands yeah I'd be a this, star this is what they always say about Hendrix is he just had long ass fingers yeah yeah it helps physically yeah bit, like you can be limited it's just like, by it's like being tall in basketball it's, exactly it's, 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 a good thing to have. it's not something you can help yeah and it's not like you'll automatically be good just because yes. but, but it does but, not hurt right it does not hurt yeah. 
I see he did I mean, it right there. So, yeah. He's like, we're going one more time, guys. Uh, that's my favorite part of the Band story, yeah. leadership. Yes. Yeah. He's still playing. He's like, one more time. And they're like, yes, George, because we've been watching <laughs> you the whole time. Nicer about it than Buddy Rich. <laughs> that's right. Or, <laughs> yeah, or James Brown, who would find his oh, position. Really? Yeah. He would find him if they fucked up. <laughs> but George is like, I'm in it, man. See, but that's not abusive. It's just strict. Yes, exactly. It's not abusive. Buddy Rich was abusive. Yeah. He's straight up asshole. Yeah. But God, those tapes are great listening. <laughs> yeah, God, listen to them. They're great. They're going to wind it down now. Drummer. Yeah. And then it's just, everyone's so mellow. They're like, play clap. That was mm-hmm. nice. Uh, also, I think that was in Japan. which is Yes, Japan, true. Yeah. Which is a little more. Respond a little different. Yes. Uh, okay, let's let's get loud again. Let's amp it up. Uh, this, is, this is my favorite. Favorite guitar player. You've talked about him before, so I know who he is. Yeah, Jay Maskus yes. from Dinosaur Jr. is my favorite guitar player. And on paper, I shouldn't like him because this is mainly what I think of when I say, like, I don't like soloing or show offy playing. Just like play the song. But Jay Maskus has literally said about his own songwriting, and I'm quoting Generally, my songs are just some riffs slung together as an excuse for a guitar solo. <laughs> So, like, for him, it's just, like, the song is just, like, all right, let me get through a couple verses because that's how a song goes. And then I can just go, just go off. I mean, at least he's honest about it. But I love his playing. Mm-hmm. It's just so grungy. And it's, it's again, I can't quantify the difference between guitar soloing I like and guitar soloing that yeah. I think is offensive. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting for you, like what works and what doesn't work. Yeah. It just tickles like the way that J mask is plays just tickles something in my brain mm-hmm. where I just like take off. With yeah. It. Um, but this video that we're going to watch is from a performance uh, that dinosaur junior did on the Henry Rollins show in 2006. Oh my God. And it's them doing their song, Forget the Swan, which is the album opener on their debut album from 1985. Oh, wow. I didn't know they were on that early. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To me, I associate them with the grunge movie. Like, I figured they were being around in, like, 90, 91. Yeah, I mean, they they were sort of in that early camp of proto-grunge, like, college yeah. rock, where they got some underground buzz in the late 80s and early 90s before Nirvana. Mm -hmm. But then they did have some radio hits in the mid-90s, and that's when they kind of became more mainstream popular. But um, this performance is eight minutes long, Mm -hmm. so we're just going to watch the solo, (laughs) which is like three minutes long. There you go. We're just going to skip right ahead to the solo. Because that's what Jay would have wanted. Right, and that's why we're here. Yeah. (laughs) Right? So this is just Jay Maskus' solo. Uh, from Forget the Swan, and I assume you'll hate this, but it's a it's it's a good example to me of of Jay Mascus. I mean, style. there's a there. I think I mentioned there's a Dinosaur Junior song that I love because it's off of the Judgment Night soundtrack, <laughs> right, 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 with yeah. Farside. It's a jam. I yeah. mean, it slays. I love it. And I've also mentioned before that in 2000 or 2001, uh, Uncle Mark took me to see. This is this was during a period when Dinosaur Jr. had broken up, mm-hmm. and uh, Jay Mascus had a new band called Jay Mascus and the Fog. And oh, that's right, because I remember I like that name. Yeah, and his bass player was Mike Watt. So who's Mike Watt again? He played with the Minutemen. Yeah, he's like yes, the yes, greatest yes, yes. bass player. And and it, it was the loudest thing I've ever heard. 
Jay Maskus on guitar with Mike Watt. Yeah, on that's bass. just a lot of noise. In a very small venue, the Met Cafe in Providence. Wow. It was just this, How old were you? Uh, 18. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, I'm surprised that this is like... This particular solo is something you're digging. Yeah. And I mean, I know... A Jay Maskus solo. Like, I know his guitar oh, playing. like, you can, like... Like, if, if all of a sudden you're like... It's almost like you hear, like, you're a dog. You're like, oh, that's a Jay Maskus. Yeah, if I heard, like, a new dinosaur song or just one I'd never heard before, mm-hmm. I'd, I'd be like, is this Dinosaur Jr.? Or, like, okay. is, this, is this Jay Maskus? Because... I this, know his This sound. is Jay. This is Dinosaur Junior. This is Dinosaur Junior. Yeah. Okay, are there only three guys? Yeah. God, in my head, Dinosaur Junior was like five or six guys. No. I have no idea no. why. And this is when uh, Lou Barlow's the bass player. Okay. And he uh, left the band early in the '90s and formed his own band called Sebado. Did you ever hear that? I know the name yeah. only. But then he rejoined. And what's he playing? What kind of guitar? Yeah. Jay Maskus famously plays, uh, I think, Jazz Masters. Okay. It's either a Jazz Master or a jag- Jaguar. Okay. They're similar looking. I think it's a Jazz Master. But his story was, when he was like a teenager, he was saving up for this like Fender Stratocaster at the, the nearby store. Mm-hmm. And he went, he got there, and it was either, like, the one he had his eye on was sold out, or it was more expensive than he thought it was going to be. So he was kind of just like, well, what do you have for this much? And the guy was like, well, I have this used Jazz Master. So he bought it, and now that's like, he's only ever wow. played Jazz Master. I love stories like that, because that's like a sliding door moment of, like, what if it was there? What if the Fender was there? And they're like, yeah, we yeah. have it. Well, he would not have had the same sound. No, it exactly. Yeah. Maybe he would have changed uh, sounds a little bit. Yeah. Maybe he would have been like George Benson. <laughs> could have I don't, know, changed I don't know if he had that in his brain. But that but is uh, fascinating, because it could really have. Yeah. Also, the fact that he's like, this is my guitar now. Yeah. There will be no other guitars for me. He, I mean, he's played a lot of jazz masters, but that a Fender jazz master is Jay Masters' wow. guitar. Now maybe you know about this more than me, but I'm always fascinated when I see guitarists, yeah, like in concert, and like they'll play guitar, and then they're like, "Time to switch the guitar." Oh yeah. What is that? No, see, I'm such a, I'm such a like, I'm a monogamist about everything. You like, I like to have my yeah. one thing, and yeah. that's like my special thing. That's why I love the fact that like he picked out his thing and he's sticking with it. Yes. And I feel like, especially with an instrument, it's like, no, that's my baby. Like that's. I'm not going to cheat on my guitar yeah, with other yes. guitars. Why would I cheat on them? Yeah. But also, I'm always like, why? Like, But, well, you do get different tones yeah. with different guitars, so I do see, like, well, for this song, like, this is a ballad or whatever, okay. so I want this sound. Yeah. All right. Or, uh, but, I mean, Dinosaur Junior songs are... Uh, dinosaur Junior songs are Dinosaur Junior yeah. song. You're going to yeah. get it. He wants that sound. I, I always find it a little pretentious, but it's like, here comes the guitar assistant. To give you the new axe. Right. And I yeah. was like, okay, just. I feel the same way. Yeah. Like, no, man, just have, you know, Lucille or yeah, whoever. Just have your one guitar, you're fine. Well, BB King had a million Lucille. That's, but that you, is, know, that's you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't. I didn't expect you to like that, but. No, there's, I didn't. There's something about his tone. Yeah. I, it's, it's I, partly, I guess, it's the jazz master, partly, it's his style. Yeah. 
But like I said, I always know a Jay Maskis solo. And I, it's just, it hits my brain in a certain way and mm-hmm. like endorphins. You've been, but like throughout the whole podcast, you've always been like Jay Maskis. So Jay this Maskis isn't is anything. Yeah, you've, you've, you've been very loyal. And yeah. But on paper, like I should fucking hate that. Yeah, it's weird. Because it's so solo-y. Yeah, it's all very solo But it's also very grungy. And I do like, there is, yeah. like real grunge. Yeah. So that, that could be part of it. Yeah. And he's good. Yeah. I mean, he's legit. <laughs> like, that's a virtuoso right yeah. there. Uh, okay. I am very surprised that you picked a song by this next band. Yes. I think that you hate this band. No, I don't. I know it's weird. Yeah. That's why I put it. First of all, I wasn't sure if you knew this band. Yes. Okay. Uh, I have a, a baby boomer dad who loves blues-based rock. Okay. So. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So this is the fabulous. A lot of, a lot of Stevie Ray Vaughan yes. in my house when I was growing up. Oh, okay. That explains it. Yeah. Yeah. This is the fabulous Thunderbirds. Who uh, didn't have Stevie Ray, but had his brother Jimmy Ray. Jimmy Vaughn. Yeah. Yep. Jimmy, Jimmy Ray. Jimmy Vaughn. Jimmy Ray. Yes. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Ray. Jimmy Ray. Bobby Ray. And, and, and Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. This was, uh, yeah. And this is like just, you know, a real typical blue bar blues band. Yeah. And they were, they had a hot minute in the mid to late 80s. Yeah. And uh, I think. I, like they were on, they were huge. Like they were on MTV all the time. They're on VH1 all the time. What um, was the context for them getting popular at that time? Was it because of Stevie Ray getting popular? No, or is no. just a coincidence? I think it's just a coincidence. Okay, because Stevie Ray was a couple years earlier. Yeah, um, and he'd also had you know he'd done the stuff with David Bowie's Let's Dance, but he'd been before that. Yeah. So this I'm is vaguely kind of aware of because of the stuff my dad's into, like Bunny Guy sort of popped a little bit during. Oh, that time. maybe yeah. It's a guy named Robert Cray. Robert Cray, yeah, yeah, that's right. So there was, I mean, if there was a blues movement, it wasn't a big blues movement, right? It wasn't like the uh, uh, in the mid '90s with the uh, swing. It wasn't as big like that. But what's the big hit? That the fabulous Thunder tough enough, hit. tough enough. Yes, right, right, right. Tough enough. We're not going to listen to we that. Listen to tough enough. Listen to their second single, which yeah. I think is the better song mm-hmm. and a better jam, and it's called "Wrap It Up." I don't know this at all. You're going to like this. This yeah. is good. Yeah, this is real good. Let's dive into it. Yeah, it's surprising that I put this on, but I love the song. For years. Yeah, I'm shocked that you are into this. At I all. think because it just it just grooves a bit. Yeah, there's a groove to it that I really like. And this guy, this guy, I don't know too much about this band other than Jimmy's in it. This guy's voice is great. Yeah, yeah. it's got a lot of texture to yeah. it. And it looks like that bar band you would see in a shitty bar. Yeah, like, uh, um, who's, who's, the, who's the cat, the blind kid who plays in the movie oh, Roadhouse? Oh, Roadhouse. Oh, oh. on his name. Angel Eyes. Yeah, Angel Eyes. Jeff. Healy. Healy. Jeff Healy. Healy. Yes. It's like if Jeff Healy hadn't been available yeah. for Roadhouse, <laughs> right? Or maybe yeah. maybe the Fabulous Thunderbirds were their first choice and Jimmy Vaughn was like, now we're on yeah. tour. They're like, all right, call Jeff Healy. It's that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And uh, yeah. It's like they played behind a fence at, at, some, <laughs> yeah, at right. some Roadhouse. Yes, with beer bottles being thrown at them. Yeah. But it's funny that you brought, you're like, I grew up with you know, baby. My, my dad loved them too. Yeah. He, he was a smooth jazz guy, but he had. He it's it's dad music. Yeah, it's real dad sure music in the 80s, yeah. And even this, I like this guitar solo because it fits in with it. Mm-hmm. But it's not too long. Yeah. And this song's like actually almost done. That's how I like it too. It's like real right. fast. Uh, despite the way we're describing their sound, this video is very like. 
it's the 80s, it's Dynasty. Oh, it's so it's, 80s. Yeah. <laughs> Their sound is retro. This video is mid-80s. Yeah. Let's have a bunch of hot girls. But, like, it's, rich hot girls. Yes, yeah. in, like, rich parties and pools. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's a silly 80s video that has nothing to do with the song. Yeah. And they, they had a, so, uh, Tough Enough, which was their first album. Yeah. Or maybe major label album. It was huge. This was huge. And then they had a, um, second album that they had a smaller hit called Powerful Stuff. Yeah. I think that's called. Or Hot Number. I think it was called Hot Number or something. And then that was basically it. I think they went back to being a bar band, probably. Yeah. Um, you know. I'm liking this. Like, Tough Enough is one of those songs that I don't dislike. But I never need to hear again as long as I live. Yeah, and I've never heard wrap it up. So I'm like, all right, there's some novelty to this. This was, like, this was. I mean, it, Tough Enough was their huge hit. Yeah, this was a, definitely a medium hit. But this was the one that when I played the album, I was like, oh, this sounds fucking great. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't really know what happened to it anymore. But uh, at the time, I was like, oh, they rock. Yeah, and it's <laughs> yeah. just it's just funny too that like. Stevie Ray and Jimmy Vaughn, there's like two brothers who are like guitar virtuosos. Like. Yeah, is I mean Stevie Ray is I think widely considered one of the best guitar players of all yeah. time. I don't love that style of I don't like that style of blues I, I rock. Get, yeah, I get that he's a genius. Yeah. But I'm like even like It's even like, like Eric Clapton Yes, Yes. Yeah. Even on like Let's Dance, I'm like, I don't like that part. I like the <laughs> Rogers part. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to torture you again. All right. A little bit. Do you know the band My Bloody Valentine? I do know the band My Bloody Valentine. Were they in the early aughts? Late 80s, early 90s. Late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. They invented shoegaze. What is shoegaze? She, well, you're going to hear the quintessential shoegaze. So, see, this song is, in its own way, like such a greatest hit that I mm. hesitated to put it on the podcast, but I thought you might not know it and might love My Bloody Valentine. I was literally about to, my next question was, do you think my wife likes My Bloody Valentine? If if she knows it, then she might like it. I'm, tonight I'm going to walk home, I'm yeah. going to go back, hey honey. No, this is, this is from uh, the album Loveless, which came out in 1991. Okay. And she bitches she loves this. In, a, in an underground sort of alternative way is one of the biggest albums of all time. Really? Yes. Okay. Like there are still like the way I first I never I didn't hear this in the nineties. Mm-hmm. I first heard this album and I know you like to ask me and I can give you an answer for <laughs> hey, this. Hey, all right. I first heard this in college because I started reading Pitchfork. Oh god. When it was still sort of a an indie blog yeah. back in like 2000 2001 Mm -hmm. and they did uh the 100 greatest albums of the 90s list and this was number one really that's very pitchfork and uh the the leader of the band is a guy named kevin shields Mm -hmm. who sort of invented a new way of playing guitar called glide guitar where he holds the whammy bar while he plays oh oh wow so it's very uh you know he's always using the tremolo on that Mm -hmm. and there's tons of reverb and you have like two amps facing each other so the sounds very like bouncy Mm -hmm. and uh and that sound is like the shoegaze sound like he created a whole subgenre why is it called shoegaze that's what the british press called it but it's it's i don't know how to describe it you'll hear it you'll hate it but it's like it's very loud yeah. and kind of angular and 
at the same time, to me, it's like a warm blanket. <laughs> and is this? And you're saying that this is like one of their. This is, like this their is the their most. They're the they created shoegaze. They're yeah. the most famous shoegaze band. This is the their most famous song oh, from their so most funny. famous album. I love this. You're is, like, this oh, is, I shouldn't put it on. It's too obvious. It's so obvious. And I have it's no so idea. Fucking obvious to put this on. Oh. This is the song "Only Shallow." Okay, from the album "Loveless," and uh, you know Chuck Klosterman. Yeah, I love Chuck Klosterman. He he, there, he has a quote about my, my bloody Valentine that I like that I want to read before we start it. He said, "Whenever anyone uses the phrase swirling guitars, this record is why." Ooh, I trust. And I also love the vocals. Oh, good God. Jesus Christ. Wow, this could go either way with Anne likes this or not. Yeah. She might. Oh, boy. This is hard. See, this to me is so... Like, this makes me feel peaceful. More than... Wait till you hear the vocals, though. More than dreaming? No. So, Smashing Pumpkins... Copied shoegaze. I can see what you're saying here. Yeah, Billy Corgan like was completely influenced yeah. by shoegaze, and Smashing Pumpkins just sort of like mainstream to this sound. Totally see that. Yeah, totally. I don't mind this. Yeah, that I beginning thought, was awful. This part I love. Yeah, no, this the, part I'm like, oh, this reminds me of being like in my early twenties. Yes, that that I can this I I actually appreciate this. But with that so, beginning, I was like, please stop. <laughs> well, we'll come back. Okay. This the, I enjoy. The singer is Belinda Butcher, which is one of my favorite names wow. of rock. Do they still, are they still together now? No. Doing? Uh, yeah, okay, uh, this, this part really This is, yeah. The this part you like, like the most is the part I like the no, least. No, I like the, I like the verses. I like the verses yeah. a lot. It's like, it's like a hug. Is it? Yeah, especially with headphones. I mean, you gotta listen to this with headphones. She is striking. Yeah. Uh, he's a very sort of Sid Barrett, Brian Wilson type. Oh, like, he's okay. had some mental illness. He was a perfectionist. Like, this album famously took forever and cost a fortune to make. Oh, really? Because he was just so, like, controlling and difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is their second full-length album and they didn't make another one until 2013. Oh, wow. Like, they, you know, he's, he's, he's a difficult. Okay, and that's him? Uh, I think it was. Yeah, okay. I didn't notice he and the And the, Belinda's playing the guitar too. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of cuts of, to close-ups of the bass player in this music video yeah. for some reason. Yeah, there really the, is. The bass is not important to yeah, the sound. It's not, it's, yeah, so. And I say that as a bass lover as, and as defender, but yeah. this is a guitar band. Very much so. Yeah. But, like, I even like the Smashing Pumpkins, but when I listen to early Pumpkins, I'm like, this is, like, watered down my bloody mouth. That's so funny. Yeah. But, like, once it gets into the verse, I'm like, oh, shit, yeah, that's, yeah. that's Smashing Pumpkins. But this is just one of those bands that, like, never exploded themselves but informed so much of what was quote unquote like alternative I rock. can see that yeah I could see like back in the day people were like smashing pumpkins yeah no and you're a real snobby yeah uh, music fan shitty. it's just like yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's I just realized when you first started the song I was like oh are they from the early aughts yeah. That's because I was thinking of My Chemical Romance. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. 
Now, My Bloody Valentine isn't my favorite band name in the world. I don't think it fits them. I don't think it fits them either. It's too clever. It doesn't yeah. sound like the right genre. I agree. It's it's it would have been a better name for a different band. I agree. They, I um, agree. This but, is one of the times, few times where I'm not like, oh, I'm not really feeling the band name. Yeah, but they're. I mean, yes. they created a whole genre. Yeah. And I knew you would hate that. Except I, I do enjoy the verse. The made, part with Belinda's vocals. That made me yeah. feel nostalgic. You could see like the 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 glide guitar is in Pumpkins. Billy's yes. kind of singing the way yeah. Belinda sang. Fuck yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of like Siamese Dream sounds yes. like uh, and Gish sound like My Bloody Valentine. And there's so many bands that copied them. Yeah. And there was a whole like wave of shoegaze bands, especially in the UK. It was way more of a UK thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a couple uh, uh, American bands, but I, I love the whole sound. Yeah. But, but My Bloody Valentine is like the leaders of the That's whole That's so movement. funny that that was yeah. like the big song. I really debated it, but I had a sense that oh, you yeah. would have no idea what any of it was. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> and if this... you did, it would be because Anne likes it. Yeah. Yeah. This would be like, you'd be like, oh, this is like if Kirk brought in When Doves Cry or something. It really is. It's, it's so like, funny. it's such a thunderingly obvious choice. That's so funny. I love it. But I, I mean, I swear to God, I know we say this all the time, but Only Shallow is in one of my top five, possibly top three favorite songs, period. Wow. I love that record. That's funny. Yeah, I really do. Um, and I would, honestly, I would listen to that the same way as I'd listen to George Benson. That's like, crazy. Eyes closed, just laying back, like, just that like, whole album, just like, can you see at least how you can get lost in like a trance to it almost? Yes. I can see that yeah. in some ways. When you have well, headphones it, it, on yes. and it's just swirling yes. around. The way that you get used to a noise. Yeah. Where, where the swirling, uh, Klosterman's uh, take on it is, yeah. is apt. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to get you to like it. <laughs> well, trust me, I don't. But I'm just trying to voice I liked it more it than I thought when I first heard it because I was like oh this is gonna be a it, it comes in hot comes in way hot yeah. and I was like oh boy but then when she gets in I, I did I did like it now. okay now speaking of big hits yes uh, let's talk about this next band who we've talked about before yes let's talk about the steeliest of dance moving right as you would from My Bloody Valentine straight to Steely Dan straight it's just re- the logical next step straight to reeling in the years yeah the first big hit uh, oh I didn't even know that holy shit I didn't know that first big um, to me, uh, this is obviously I love the jazzy uh, stuff of Steely Dan yeah. way more. Yeah, um, that's why I was surprised that you picked yes. this song. But it is a very guitar. Yes, song. this uh, like Steely Dan. My favorite songs are like Peg and Peg is yeah. I, like I mean, it's yeah. that's 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 my vibe. Yeah. Uh, um, but this is like nine. This is like nineteen seventy one. Yeah, I think and way so, early, and it's their first hit, so it's way more just sort of rock. Yes, yeah. but I I love this song. I love the guitar on the song, which is why I chose it. Yeah, and uh, watching the video, you'll see it. You're like, I think I, think I know. I think I know exactly what you're gonna. Say. I was like, there's so many guitars. Oh, oh, is that what you were going? Okay, yeah, I, yeah. Um, no, this is a, this is from the Midnight Special. Midnight Special, yeah. which is great because it's one of those shows where they actually play yeah. live. And like, a, first of all, the the look is amazing of these all these guys. This, I mean, this is the best looking band of all time. It's crazy. What a bunch of what a bunch of great looking guys. Just hot. Just so sexy. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. But like to a person, yes, they're some of the ugliest men who have ever I mean, been. Crazy talented musical genius. It just speaks to their talent. It's crazy. 
Because <laughs> I'm sure they were just doing fine. Yeah. But, I mean... You know you're in trouble when Walter Becker's the best-looking dude. He is. And in this video, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, he's really handsome. Yeah. <laughs> but I love this song. This song is very steeped in nostalgia for me because it's... Me too, because my, my, yeah. my old man's such a huge fan. And it was really. always on. Yeah, this is this is a classic rock radio statement. Yeah, and it's still on to this day. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's also played on smooth jazz sometimes, too. I can see that. Yeah. But this is such an early 70s rock yes. song. It just yeah. belies their sound. This is the... Uh, yeah. This is like... This is about as classic rocky as I like to get something. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like Zeppelin and stuff like that, but... Like, I mean, look at this guy. Well, yeah, Denny Dias, he has that thing you were talking about of, like, just ease. Yeah. Just yeah. doesn't he's have to like, try. He's barely moving. Yeah. He's like, I don't need to show up. I don't need to be, like, a rock and roll yeah, god here. Yeah, Because they're players. Yeah. They know their shit. They look, yeah, they look like what they are. They're just, yeah. like, session guys who are on stage. Yeah, and they're so good. I'll never understand the... That's great. Yeah. Look at these guys. I will never understand any sort of hatred towards Steely Dan. I do. Oh, I, I do. don't get it. I don't agree with it, but I 100% get I, it. I'm not sure. Well, uh, yeah, Don is the best one. <laughs> um, I just don't. I, I don't understand what it is, what the hatred is for. I, I truly don't. It's, it's white male, nerdy, pretentious. So is everything. But it's like it's like the quintessence of is that. It? Yeah. It's no fucking more white boy it's like, than it's jazz, it's like, oh, they're players and Yeah, like, but so much of hip hop has sampled from Steven. I'm not saying I agree with that, I'm saying I understand the sentiment and where it's coming from. I mean, they're better than the Beatles. <laughs> That's a fact. Alright, I mean why are you trying to stop with me? <laughs> I'm, it's not my opinion. I know. Yeah, I just I, I, I ride hard for Steven. Yeah. I find them fascinating. I find all their songs, even the songs that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah. Like, what was that? Like, St. Louis Shuffle or something like that? Yeah. Here, watch him. Denny Dias? Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely the, uh, he gets all the cool parts. Yeah, this is crazy. And I don't know what the other guitars are doing, because there's like two others? Yeah, there's Jeff Skunk Baxter. Yeah, okay, I remember him. Uh, is it? No, I think it's just two okay, guitars. Okay, two guitars then. Yeah. So one's doing rhythm. Well, they're they're double leading right yeah. now. Yeah. And this is that like it's Steely Dan, but it also sounds like the Allman Brothers a little Which bit. Which is weird because I hate the Allman Brothers. That's crazy. I know. But yet I love this song. I think. It's well, look out when we get to our Florida episode. Oh no. But I just uh, I think part of it too is it's just steeped in me as a little kid. There's yeah. this radio station in Cleveland called the Buzzer. <laughs> uh, WMMS The Buzzard and it was the number one station in Cleveland for years and it was a hard rock classic rock station yeah and they would have commercials and the commercials were always too really in the ears oh okay so I think it's just burned in my brain or something yes and they had the, the two biggest DJs in Cleveland Jeff and Flash <laughs> so Cleveland 70s 80s <laughs> but yeah this was a song that the commercial was too so I think it's always just were they like a morning zoo crew? Yes, type they were. Kids? They were very the much crazy so. doctor and the bear. The bear. Here comes Flash. <laughs> I love. I'm always a big fan of this part too. 
And I don't know who the other singer is, but who's just clapping along real excitedly. Yeah, I don't I don't know all their yeah. Well he's the only one whose name I'm not sure. Yeah. But I mean later Steely Dan just became Donald and Walter and yes. whoever they were playing with at the yeah. time. It's like who's our next session player? We'll use them. Right, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, they're the they're the core of the group. But yeah. this was their first album, so it's they're all sort of featured equally there. Yeah. yeah. No, that was great because I'd never seen that live clip before. Very rocky. Uh, okay, we're going to talk about an artist we've talked about before. Yeah. We're going to talk about a song we've listened to before. It's a song that everyone knows. It's Walk on the Wild Side by Lou Reed. It's a great song. But we're not here to talk about Lou Reed as a guitar player. Okay. Because remember, you've mentioned, you're like, he's not... I don't think of him as... He's, he's not a virtuoso. Yeah. And even in this clip, I'm, I didn't choose it for his play. Mm-hmm. But in the early 80s, a uh, guitar player named Robert... Quine joined up with Lou Reed. I've never heard of him. Well, you've heard his play. Okay. Uh, In the 70s, he was in Richard Hell's band. He was in Richard Hell and the Voidoids. That does not ring a bell. It shouldn't. I didn't think that that would (laughs) ring a bell. (laughs) No. Uh, But Richard Hell invented punk rock, basically. Oh, okay. uh, And Robert Quine was cool because at the time when he was in the Voidoids, he was already like in his late 30s. He was bald. Mm-hmm. He'd wear like a jacket. He just like looked like a square. And so we got like, you know, people, the Richard Hell, like the whole thing with like clothespins and ripped yeah, clothes and like the, ha- even, like the yeah. Sex Pistols basically copied yeah. Richard Hell's look. When I say he invented punk, I mean, he was like one of the original punks. Uh-huh. He really was. And he had this guy in his band who was like an old dude. And he no, looked he like a square, yeah. and people would be like, why is this guy in your band? And Richard Hell was like, because he's the best fucking guitar player in town. You yeah. got a problem with that? Like, he was the best. Yeah. Uh, and it's also kind of that thing of like, he's so square that it's punk. Yeah, exactly. Right? No, I agree. So he played guitar in the Voidoids, and then in the 80s, he hooked up with Lou Reed for a little while and mm-hmm. played for Lou. And then in the 90s, he became Matthew Sweet's guitar player. Oh, shit. So he plays guitar on Girlfriend. Oh, I fucking love that song. That's him. Okay. I mean, Matthew Sweet plays guitar too, but all the cool soloing and shit oh fuck that's Robert Quine okay uh, but we're gonna watch him play Walk on the Wild Side live uh, with Lou Reed in 1983 at the bottom line in New York City I'll be interested to hear this because I never associate Walk on the Wild Side as a guitar song it's I mean it's just Walk on the Wild it's a little bit of a different arrangement than you're used to mm-hmm. and he doesn't really come in until the end but he does sort of solo at the end oh, okay and does he replace the sax uh, yes, basically okay. he does okay. on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's It doesn't have those sort of jazzy elements that mm-hmm. the studio version has. Oh, okay. Uh, or the David Sanborn version we watched oh, on, yeah. on an earlier episode That's of the right. But I just love Robert Quine, and it was between this and a TV version of Girlfriend, but I'm like, ah, eh, Kirk already knows Girlfriend. I already know Girlfriend, so I don't know this version. And well, I you love know Walk on the Wild Side, too. But I do know Walk on the Wild Side, and I love Walk on the Wild Side. Yeah. I mean, how can you not? Oh, it is a little different. Yeah. It is a little bit more guitar-y and, yes. and, and alive. But Lou, I do like the very simple rhythm guitar on this song, yeah. too, that Lou plays. It is one of those songs that's... It's such a simple song yeah. that... It's so great. Oh, okay. Oh, my God. He is a square. Yeah. He looks like a biology teacher. Yes. Yes. Holy shit. This is only 
uh, six, seven years, eight years after he was playing at CBGB's wow. with fucking Richard Hell. I mean, he must have seen everything. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, this the, the guitar in this is so like simple, but yet it's so iconic. Yeah. This the song. But I also like that the upright bass we're used to is an electric bass sound in this version. So oh, was it originally up? Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, 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 that makes sense. As David Sanborn called it, the national anthem. <laughs> That's Which right. I do consider this the national anthem. I mean, everybody knows the song, and if yeah. you don't love the song, or at least this, this was like, this this was like my favorite song when I was five. Yeah, like, I mean, as a, as I a didn't know what any of it meant. But. As a teenager, I was like, oh, this song's great. Yeah. A biology teacher is a good, really, yeah. really does. And well, when he was with the Voidays, he had a beard, which gave him a little that, more edge. That gives him a little yeah. more. Yeah. See, it's getting now. It's a little more funky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little rockier. It is getting a little rockier. Yeah. I mean, if I'm being honest, I like this. I like the original verse because it's jazz. Sure, it's, it's... But this is cool. Yeah. They're not, they're not fucking with it. Right. They're just making a little more guitar. That's all. Yeah. It's so amazing how fucking cool Lou Reed is. Yeah. Because, like you said, he's not a guitar virtuoso. He can't sing. No. But he's just, there's I, there's just this whole thing. You're like, God damn, you're fucking cool, man. He's cool. You're a fucking rock star. Yeah. Like, up there, for me, with Miles Davis in terms of coolness. Oh, yeah. You know? I would agree. Yeah. Just, he just... But in the way that, like, Miles Davis is one of the greatest, like, because it's jazz, and yeah. so technical ability is important, and Miles Davis is one of the best. Yes. Lou Reed's in rock music where it's not important, and so he doesn't have that. It's just pure... It's just pure cool. Attitude and poetry. Yeah, and exactly. The coolness is the instrument. Yes. Oh, well said, Paul. Yeah. It's true. I like how it's guitar now. I like that's cool. Yeah, Bob's about to take off here. They do that thing where they turn to each other and they face each other while they're playing. Ah, uh, there you go. Can you hear some of the tone that's yes. in Girlfriend and yes. he's playing? Yes. Yeah. Uh, see, now this is a great guitar solo because they're, like, that thing I said earlier, like, they're in the pocket. Yeah, it's just, it's, he's soloing, but it's a groove. It's yes. not like, hey, well, look what I can do. Yeah. Hang on a second while I go off for five minutes. Yeah. It still fits the song, and that's, that's the kind of guitar I love to. Yeah, the best way to describe it, it's not, it's a solo, but it's not a showy solo. Yeah. I just love that this dude is in, like, I can't believe that the dude. The punkiest punk band. Yeah. And he would, he would dress like that, too, with the shirt and jacket. Which and is like, great, because if he changed, you'd be like, what are you doing? No, yeah, you can't. Yeah. But by by being this true to himself, he is punk. Yeah. Like, imagine if he came out looking like Louis, you'd be like, dude, stop. Always with the shades, though. Oh, really? Always with the shades. That's cool, then. Yeah. See, that's good. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, I just yeah. I love. He's one of my favorite guitar players. I like his solo on that. It's a little. That's a good solo. Different version of one of the best songs of all time. Yeah, that's a good version. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, 
I'm really excited for you. Next. Oh yeah, I, 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 my last one. I wanted to uh, uh, bookend it a little bit on my end. Yeah, um, we're going to talk about Wendy and Lisa. Yeah, mostly because of Wendy, because it's a guitar episode. Mm-hmm. So um, when uh, Prince disbanded the Revolution, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Wendy and Lisa uh, are like, "Fuck, let's let's do our own thing." So they had uh, this is from their first album. This is their like really only big hit. Not a huge hit. What year know. are we talking about here? 80? This is probably 86, 87. Okay, that's a little yeah. earlier than I thought. Yeah. They had, uh, this is from their album, Wendy and Lisa. It's their only kind of biggish hit mm-hmm. called Waterfall. Mm-hmm. They had another small hit on this called Honeymoon Express. And then I think in 89, they had an album called Fruit at the Bottom, which didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, let's make a bunch of money doing TV shows and movies. And that's what they did. Was Prince involved in the writing or production of this at None all? Or? No, no, okay. this is all them. He just decided, I'm done with the revolution. He's now. like, the revolution, yes. I think he, from from what I've read, he was kind of like, the revolution felt like, we're a band. Mm-hmm. We're the best band in the world. We're fucking great. And Prince is like, mm, I'm Prince. <laughs> and I'm the best in the world. Right. So go away. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're going to hear a little waterfall. And we're going to hear Wendy have a little guitar solo. Right. This isn't a guitar-heavy song until the... Until but she's the a great guitar player. She's a great guitar doesn't player. Doesn't get enough credit for being a great guitar player yeah. because she was in Prince's band. Exactly. And she doesn't get enough credit for really in, her and Lisa influencing yeah. him so much. Well, she does get featured pretty prominently in the Kiss video yes. playing that guitar. And they also co-wrote stuff yeah. together. Um, and she, they do a lot of background vocals, so they do have some co-writing credits. I love Winnie and Lisa, obviously because it's part of Prince, but I just think they're cool as fun. Mm-hmm. And I love the story of how they got into the band. Lisa was in the band way early. She came in during the Dirty Mind. Yeah. And, and he must have been like 19, <laughs> way young. Yeah. And so, this is the hook. Very still kind of princey, very... But still very Wendy and Lisa. The um, the original guitarist besides Prince was Des Dickerson. Mm-hmm. And that was for 1999 and uh, Controversy, Dirty Mind. And Prince was always like, I'm going to have a rock group with you. We're going to call it the Renegades and we're going to fucking shred. That's going to be our side project. And Des Dickerson, who was a rock guy, is like, fuck yeah, we are. We're going to be great. Never happened. <laughs> Never happened. Because he was doing the time, the family, yeah. and Vanity Six. And so that never came to fruition. And so right before Purple Rain, Des Dickerson's like, I'm out. But apparently it was real, like, amicable. Yeah. Apparently. Still. The, yeah. Not a great career move. Not a great career move. <laughs> but he was like, I don't want to. He's like, I, w- I want to do rock and roll. I don't yeah. want to do this stuff. And Prince is like, okay. Des Dickerson's actually in Purple Rain. Yeah. Um, and so they needed a new guitarist for the band. And Lisa was dating Wendy. Yeah. And she's like... You need to listen to Wendy. And so Wendy came in audition and she like she's one of those I will take shit from anybody. Yeah. And so Prince is like, Yep. <laughs> I like you. You're in. Like she'll stand up to Prince. She did a bit, yeah. yeah. And she was very vocal about, hey, you should listen to this. And this is something you would like. Yeah. And try this. And apparently he'd be like, Oh, great, watch, I'll master this right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you gave me the impetus to do it. Right, right, right. Yeah. They were like really close, like it, it Prince like, and Wendy. Prince and Wendy, yeah. And with Lisa, they were like a, they were like a big creative force. You always, I mean, you know so much Prince biography that I don't know, but even from a casual standpoint, 
you get the sense that he and Wendy were a little tighter. Yeah, than, you know, they really collaborated well and uh, did a lot together. And I think you know Wendy's way young when they were doing this. Yeah, oh, here comes your guitar solo. And you'll watch this, you're like, oh, she's got a little bit like Prince face going. Yep. Yeah. But she's <laughs> so cool. And again, I don't know the guitars, but it's white and it's really cool looking. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, they... Uh, I like uh, yeah. this solo. Yeah, it's a good solo. They really, yeah, they really bonded. They really collaborated a lot. So much so, like, Wendy would go on record going... Oh, this is my life now. Yeah. My life now is I'm a collaborator with Prince. We're a team. And Prince never said that. He was just kind of like, mm, and he said, like, we're not really a team. Yeah, we're not partners. Yeah. I'm still the boss. I'm still the boss. Yeah. I still want to be known as Prince. Right. By myself, which is kind of why he got rid of the revolution. Yeah. Because it became Prince and the Revolution. And he's like, mm, I just kind of wanted to be Prince. Yeah. And so, it's like yeah. That, it's like that running joke in uh, The Office where the guy says oh, I'm assistant, uh, yeah, I'm assistant well, manager uh, assistant to, to the manager yeah assistant to the region yeah. <laughs> that's really what it was yeah. they couldn't they couldn't part that together right but I mean it's a fascinating another fascinating sliding doors of what if Des Dickerson's like yeah I'll be in Purple Rain I'm not yeah. leaving why would yeah. I leave that's stupid <laughs> yeah. I would never leave this band no way the whole trajectory of Prince would probably be different. Yeah. Because you wouldn't really get as much um, uh, Rock. Under the Cherry Moon. Oh, yeah. If without winning, at least you would get as much Under the Cherry Moon, Sign of the Times, uh, uh, Around the World in the Day. Yeah. Who, you know, he they they kind of pushed Winnie and, and they just kind of pushed him towards that angle. Yeah. So you wouldn't have really had all that kind of experimental stuff. They're the two who I know of, of all his, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, they're first in my mind of yeah the many people he worked with and the different bands he had yeah you know I couldn't name anyone in uh, the new power generation uh, Tony T one of the rappers <laughs> Ro- Rosie Gaines you probably know Rosie Gaines oh yeah I already, yeah. yeah okay but yeah. I wouldn't have uh, yeah. yeah Tommy Babarella the keyboardist <laughs> if you say so <laughs> if I say so I know that you're right <laughs> I'm not, you're not making up names yeah. I know but that it you really know. was it's, it's amazing that yeah. Winnie and Lisa I mean and they went on to have like this huge career yeah. now they're they've reunited when Prince died they reunited the revolution yeah. and they just go on tour yeah and Wendy is the lead singer behind it now just to sort of connect it to something we already talked about My Bloody Valentine inspired Smashing Pumpkins mm-hmm Smashing Pumpkins keyboard player, John Melvoin, yes. her brother, yes, who o- overdosed he on heroin him. and died. Yes. And they kicked Jimmy out of the band because he was doing the heroin with John. Oh, but be- wow. because at that point, I didn't really know who Wendy was yeah. that well. When John Melvoin died, it was like, oh, Wendy's brother, Wendy from The Prince and the Revolution. And I was like, oh, the chick who plays guitar in the, yeah. the Dove's Drive video? Well, I can see because yeah. you were young and also, like, she went by Wendy. She didn't go by Wendy Melvoin, which is weird. Right. Yeah. Because their whole family's music, like, the father is a... He was a, a jazz musician, musician, right? Yeah. Susanna, who was her half, her twin sister, yeah. uh, was, like, engaged to Prince, and she collaborated on a lot of songs with him as well. So the whole mu- family's musically talented. So. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's. I'm going to tie in my last clip to my previous one. Okay. Because when Richard Hell moved to New York from. I don't remember where. 
Delaware or something like that. He came with his childhood buddy, Tom Verlaine. Mm-hmm. And they were in a band called Television. I know of Television. Yeah. And I always get confused on what songs they have. Marky Moon. Venus. I'm surprised that I don't. I would think that you'd know television. I, I know television. Yeah, and I know there's a song that might have been a medium hit that I'm like, oh, I know that song. Mm. I just not coming to terms now with it. No, that's that's fine. Television was they were one of those CBGB bands. Yeah, so they kind of get called punk. They were like one of the first CBGB bands, mm-hmm. but they were never really punk. And in fact, even though Richard Hell was a founding member. He basically, I wouldn't say he got kicked out, but like Tom Verlaine very quickly started becoming a virtuoso on the guitar. Mm-hmm. And he pulled in Richard Lloyd as a second guitarist. Richard Hell played bass. He always played okay. bass. And, and Billy Ficka, the drummer, they all got really good mm-hmm. and like practiced a lot, which is also not <laughs> Yeah. And, and Tom, and Richard Hell was a punk. Right before punk was punk, he was mm-hmm. sort of doing that thing, and like Tom would get annoyed with Richard and tell him, "Like, stop jumping around the stage, and why don't you learn to play your instrument?" Oh my god! And Richard Hell was like, "I'm not so much interested in that." So he yeah. left the band, like even before they recorded an album or anything. Okay, Richard Hell left the band. The guitar playing in the band is all Tom Verlaine and Richard Lloyd. Okay, Tom and, Verlaine sounds familiar. Yeah, he's sort of famous for being the leader yeah. of television. Yeah, but they're both virtuosos, and they solo a lot and they're sort of famous for the way that they're dual leads and and they interplay Mm -hmm. so like one will solo for a bunch of minutes and then the other one will take a solo and they'll go back and forth you'll probably hate this (laughs) (laughs) but again they're like they're like jay mascus to me where like they're almost like the punk jam band the way they were just oh wow solo that's weird like marky moon's like a 10 minute song and it's mostly guitar soloing oh my god um but yeah, that's how I know television is because I have friends from Chicago who are huge guitar fiends. And so, yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're a guitar band. Yes. Exactly. And, and, and for, you know, uh, CBGB OGs, mm-hmm. they were uh, actual players. Do you call them proto-punk then? I don't... I wouldn't call them because they were part of that scene. Okay. And I also... They didn't, their sound isn't punk. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that all having been established, uh, this clip we're going to watch is from 1992. They put out two albums. They broke up in like 1978. Okay. And they reunited for a new album in 1992. So that would be the third album? Yes. Wow. That's self-titled album. Okay. So this is like the lead single off of that. And this is them doing it on TV on, uh, I think it's called Later with Jules Holland. On British, oh, on British I, TV. I know that show. Yeah, yeah. So this is a song called 1880 or so. And uh it's 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 still great. Like they didn't yeah. lose it's one of those things where it's like 15 years after breaking up they put out a new album it's like yeah, it sounds like that. Oh, wow. Like it's they didn't you know, they didn't change. Mm-hmm. They're still great. Still that same television sound. And uh and I like this song a lot. I mean, Marky Moon's the classic, but It's not going to be as loud as everything else I picked for this episode. I might know this song. Really? This sounds really familiar. 
He also has a very particular vocal style. It's sort of... I feel like this is a song that I heard in my friend's... When I go visit my uh, friend's family for dinner, and it's on their Pandora station. Oh, now? Yes. Oh, I thought you were saying in 1992 no, you sorry. had a friend who no. like... Oh, okay. No. I, this, one, this, this sounds like this would be part of his Pandora station. Maybe. Maybe he put television as one of his bands in there. Because this, this is surprising. I thought I was going to hate this more. Well, I mean, it does get sort of solo-y later. Yeah. Once they dispense with the verses. This is... Can you say this is 92? Yeah. This has that very indie rock sound. Yeah. But, that... but they also were very early influences on that sound. Was there stuff in the... Would you say the late 70s or late 80s? Early 80s? Late 70s. Did it sound like this? It's interesting. Yeah. So is this kind of, right now, this kind of this level of mellow? Not quite this mellow. Okay. A little more angular. Okay. Um, but they'll pick it up a little when they start to get into their solos. But this is a little bit more of a mellow sound. Okay. Yeah, this sounds like uh, like mellow indie rock from yeah. when I was like in college. Yeah, no, I don't hate this at all. But they're one of those bands that like... When they were playing at CBGB's, everyone was like, oh my, television is the band. Like, everyone thought they were the best. And they put out their debut album finally, and nobody bought it. So, But but then later, like, every indie rock band was like, oh, I bought it. It's oh, like, yeah. they're like the Velvet Underground yeah. that way. You know, yeah. like, totally tanked and, uh, but influenced like a generation. Uh, yeah, indie yeah. I can yeah. see that. Which is, I think, when, by the time 92 rolled around, and television was like, oh, this type of music is popular now? Yeah. Oh, we invented it, guys. Tom Verlaine calls up Richard Lloyd like, hey. <laughs> hey, it's been a while. Yeah. But what do you say, uh, we're together? Because they were, you know, ahead of the Okay. This is what it is. Yeah. I just realized it. Going back to my friend Carlos, going over to his house. Yeah. He would have a Pandora station uh, of Echo and the Bunny. <laughs> okay. And that this would be on. This would be on it. Yes. Yeah. Because it's, it's very, it's kind of got that little bit of that vibe. Yeah. But this isn't bad at all for me. No, it's not. It's not shreddy the way yeah. that Jamascus is, yeah. or grungy, and it's exactly. not. Uh, you know, like I still don't know how to describe. Kevin Fields play it's, loud it's, and swirling yeah, and in your face and, and this seems uh, again maybe again it's just the song but it is pretty subdued yeah it's also weird television is a weird name for a band where you're like what are you yeah yeah you know because in my head when I hear television I'm like oh are you guys like new wavy but they're not not really no they were indie rock before yeah. indie rock yeah. was a thing it's an odd name for a band. It's also one of those names where you're like, oh, you didn't, you didn't know that Google would be a thing later. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, they're yeah. ungoogleable. Yeah. That's right. Had they only known, yeah. they would have better... You gotta hand it to My Bloody Valentine, at least, for that. Yes. <laughs> they knew their uh, SEO. Yeah. Yeah, I really think I know this song. Yeah, but they're, um, they're guitar players. They, again, I don't, I, 
this is one of those also where it's like, oh, it's fitting the song, so I'm not like, whoa, what are you doing? Going all off. It still kind of fits. Yeah. And it's not... It's... It doesn't have that show-off equality where, yeah. you know, the guitarist is being like, check out how great I am at this. Look at this. It's like, oh, the audience doesn't even need to be there. He, you know what I mean? He's not... Yeah, this is for us. Yeah. He's yes. playing for himself right now, and he's just got... He's in that flow state, yes. and it's... You know what else is the worst now that I'm thinking of it, too? It's like... And again, it's particularly metal shows, where it's like, everyone leaves the stage except the guitarist. Yeah. And it's going to be a spotlight, and it's only going to be him for five minutes. Yeah. He's like, oh boy. When's that going to end? Yeah, there's... It's... It's... I'm trying to think of a way to say it that's not just pretentious. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, he's like painting with the guitar, yeah. man. He's you making know. love to his guitar. Yeah. But he's not performing. Yeah. He's just playing. This is way more enjoyable than I thought. Yeah. And I love the way that he and Richard Lloyd play together, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Tom, I mean, Tom Verlaine's the, he's the leader of the band. But, okay. But, but it doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it all. They're like what you were saying, there is a sharedness to it. To the playing, yeah. Yes. I think it's like Tom writes the songs and he's sort of the boss of the band. Yeah. But. For performance wise, yeah. yeah. And if you just look at them, they really look like a bunch of dads playing. <laughs> like yeah. some real talented dads. Yeah. They're like, let's get together and just jam on a Saturday. Tom Verlaine always had that, like, super, like, wan, like, gaunt. Yes. Sort of indie rock look. And he's still around. He is, but the band's not together. I don't think they're playing as television, no. I think, you know, he and Richard Lloyd sort of had that brotherly relationship where they butt heads a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think Tom Verlaine has that sort of hard-to-work-with perfectionism in him. Yeah. Yep. Considering that he kicked Richard Hell out of the band, because he was like, you're not doing it the way I want you to yeah, do it. Yeah, do it the way I want yeah. it. <laughs> or leave. Or not, I didn't really kick him out, but was like, I'm not happy with you. And then yes. Richard Hell was like, okay, bye. Yeah, change or this is, yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I know this is a guitar episode, but I really like the drum. Oh, yeah. I yeah. really the like The whole it. band is good. Yeah. They're, they're real tense. And I think when when Richard Hell left, it wasn't actually like that acrimonious. I think it was more just like, yeah, you guys are doing a thing that I'm not interested yeah. in. Like you're going off in this direction of being good. Yeah. <laughs> being good. It's like Des Dickerson. Right, right, right. Yeah, that was much that was that was a good way to end because that was much more enjoyable than I thought it was gonna be. No, I'm glad you didn't yeah. hate it. But no. yeah, that's why I saved it was a I thought that was the better yeah. episode ender because it was a little more mellow and yeah. sort of like I, I, I enjoyed that more than hate I like definitely didn't hate it. Yeah. Definitely didn't even uh have to suffer through it. That was enjoyable. Yeah, good. Yeah. Oh good. So we got through our guitar episode. We shredded. And uh I only tortured you a little bit. <laughs> Just with uh, my bloody Valentine intro. Now see, I think what you need to do is listen to Loveless from beginning to end with headphones and not multitasking. And lying on the couch on a Saturday. Yeah, and by the end, like it will have penetrated you and you'll be like, I get it now. 
So you're saying switch out the George Benson Earl Clue collaboration for My Bloody Valentine on my Saturday? I mean, I'm saying if after you listen to Loveless, then you need to, you know, mellow out a little bit, you go straight into your. I mean, I, yeah, I would need to cleanse. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's almost meditative. That sound to me, the way it just sort of washes it's over. Fascinating you. with meditative. It's just that wall of sound. Yeah. Well, we meditate in different ways. That's right. That's, that's what there's doing. room for everything at the music <laughs> ray gun table. Yeah. No judging here. Yeah, but that's it for this episode of Music Raygun. Thank you for listening. Music Raygun's hosted by me, Paul Champanelli. And me, Kirk Pinchon. Our theme music's by Bagweed. Our credits music is Raygun by Bad Bad Not Good and Ghostface Killer. If you like Music Raygun and you know someone else who might like it, please tell them about us because word of mouth is our favorite way for people to learn about the show. Until next time, see ya! See ya.